Hi, my name is Goose. I'm Gabby. And you are listening to the Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people looking to create a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. Oh, welcome and thank you for joining us. This is the very first and most exciting episode. Super pumped to be here, super pumped to be doing this too as well. What about you, Gabby? He had to go and get a decaf. He was too pumped. I know, so jacked. We run a buyer's agency uh, helping people to invest in real estate, find wealth in property, but well, there's a lot of property podcasts out there and quite frankly, they're all quite dry, right? We love them. Oh, they're awesome. We like a bit of color in our education and our, in our Healing. news feeds. Look, one of, the big th- one of the big reasons that we wanted to start this podcast is because investing in real estate, which is specifically what we help people do, is so much more than just bricks and mortar, so much more than just buying a house. It's so much more than that. We want to help people to craft a life of wealth, holistic wealth. A holistic life. And so to that degree, we need to uh, have an avenue to discuss how to approach all these kind of things in a more holistic way. So whilst we are going to be talking about property, and that is what we do as a business and as a company, we want to try and find an avenue to bring so much more value in the narrative out there in the community of people, entrepreneurially minded people, like-minded individuals who want to create a life of choice and abundance. We get a lot of people that reach out to us, obviously through social media and through email. I think people kind of publicly ask questions are very tactical about property and like where are we buying and how can we help them but then privately people ask a lot more questions about their goal setting and about how to create this life that once you define what you really want you can really go out and get whatever it is you want you just need to get clear on how to define that and a lot of people do reach out to you don't they Oh, massively. Yeah, yeah. It's it's phenomenal. I think just winding back a little bit to how how we even ended up here, how we even ended up in this space. I mean, you know, we started our own property journey you know, by making mistakes. So we've spoken about it a lot uh, in a lot of other mediums, but just to a quick synopsis, you know, I was working, or we were both working 100-hour weeks. We were burnt out. I was running two other businesses. It was a pretty horrible um, kind of time in our life looking back. But obviously, when you're in it, you don't really know. We kind of, you know, wanted to get ahead in life, I say in inverted commas. We thought, oh, let's get a foot on the property ladder, like most people, right? We were in an environment where we weren't surrounded by resources to be able to, give us the insights we needed. We went out and made a stake in our own property journey, but that set up was a massive catalyst for change for us. You know, that's, that's what inspired us, you know, learning from those mistakes and then wanting to help other people is what's inspired us to learn about property, uh, learn about how to define our own future and to really settle on a mission to help other people. So for us, this is so much more than just about property. It's about actually how can we impact the most amount of lives? What do you think, Gabby? Yeah, I think, again, we speak with a lot of people that don't really have the perspective that, you know, we're lucky enough to have now, having gone through those mistakes, made a few errors along the way, but learned lessons really quickly and implemented change really quickly. And now we see it's our responsibility to, you know, show people a different perspective on what they can do. And, you know, part of that is property, part of that is traditional wealth and and creating a life of, you know, choice and abundance and Having the resources that you need. Well, yeah, we didn't have anyone to speak to about this kind of stuff when we were starting out. No. So I guess what inspired me to want to help other people as well. So, yeah. I mean, look, the reason we want to start this whole podcast, as opposed to just doing our thing and you know talking to people at cafes, love going to love a good cafe, is we have a pretty bold and pretty ambitious mission in everything that we do. And that's that we want to transform the lives of literally tens of thousands of everyday Australians. We set a goal to change the lives, transform the lives and wealth creation story of 250 people by April 2020. That's a stepping stone goal. We ultimately want to help tens of thousands 
of everyday Australians over the coming years. And this is our way of reaching out, creating more connection, building a community of like-minded people striving for more in life. And now if you're listening to this, I can probably tell that you are already in the pocket of the mindset that we're talking about, you know, that you are seeking more, you want more, and you're looking for other ways to connect with other like-minded individuals as well. Welcome home. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) I'm genuinely excited to have this opportunity to connect with people because, again, like I I love podcasts. We listen to a lot of podcasts. It's a great platform. It's a bit more like portable than we do a lot of stuff on social media, but not everyone lives on social media. I think podcasts are awesome. We're building up a bank of people that we want to speak to, you know, professionals we want to speak to, everyday people that we want to speak to just to really build out this opportunity that we've got to connect with you. So Absolutely. And to to that degree as well, if you have a story that you want to share, if you're inspired by this and you want to help um, build this community as well and you want to come on the show and we can talk about your property journey or, you know, talk about your career and your perspective on life, we're open to connecting with other people and sharing other people's stories because this isn't just a property podcast. We're going to be exploring all kinds of different themes. So really, I guess, the the core themes that we want to uh, explore particularly over the coming year and over the coming multiple years, because this is a long-term project for us. Obviously, we're going to be talking about real estate, property, you know, how that fits in as part of a wealth creation strategy. We're also going to be talking about mindset, wealth, wellness, entrepreneurship, all of these kind of things. So if that kind of stuff resonates with you and you've got something you want to share and you want to, you want to help inspire other people with, then reach out because we would love to have a chat. So what are we talking about today, Goose? The wealth mindset. Now, I decided that I want to talk about the wealth mindset because if you want to create a life of abundance, if you want to create a life of prosperity, if you want to create a life of fantastic wealth, then it all starts with your mind. And this is why I think a lot of people make mistakes, not only in property, but also in general in life, is they haven't really developed the right way of thinking about where, where they want to go and what they want and how they're going to get there. And therefore, it's like well, it's like driving a car down a freeway with no map. You've got no idea where you're going. You're not going to get anywhere safely, right? So a wealth or prosperity mindset means a, an attitude or, or an inclination that causes us to focus on abundance. Mm. One of our favorite words. Abundance. Abundance. Now, I don't know about you, Gabby, but... Uh, I get to talk to a lot of people every day and I can definitely <laughs> tell you that a lot of people don't have an abundant mindset. No. What do you think? I think the standard mode of operation these days seems to be a scarcity mindset, which is really quite heartbreaking, I guess. Like a lot of people we speak to, it's, it's you know, I can't have this or this isn't for me or I don't, I can't afford this or rather than the attitude of I can have what I want if I get clear on it and I just need to find out how. Yeah. And anything is possible. If you think about I don't have the stats on how much money there is in the world, but if you think about how much money there is in the world. There's at least 50 bucks. There's, there's probably 50, I reckon 52 bucks. Yeah, there's, there's, there's heaps. A few, there's there's heaps a few lots of, of $50 out there. <laughs> but yeah, if we take money as one example, you think about the copious amount of dollars there are in the world, yet so many people are stuck thinking about how little they have. They're not thinking about all the opportunity that there is. They're just thinking about how much that they're lacking. That attitude and that perspective permeates through the fabric of society. So 
Now, unfortunate thing is that um, having an abundance mindset is actually the minority. Now, it's an interesting thing you, that you talk about money. Money as uh, an economic tool is actually kind of, it's quite weak in the sense that, um, you know, countries can just make more of it. Um, but also in the same sense, money is the only real commodity in the entire world that we will never run out of. If you think about the other commodities, so like oil, iron ore, all of these other kind of things that are commodified, tradable commodities... Money is the one that we can't, we will never run out of. It's the one thing you can always get more of. And the only difference between you wanting more and having more is the way that you think about your actions and the way you apply that in life. Now, when you're talking about abundance mindset, it's not all about money. I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound crass. Like all we're talking about is cash, cash money. It's it's not about that at all. It's about crafting a life of um, a life of a holistic life of happiness. I think is really, really what we're getting at. The scarcity mindset permeates into into many, 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 many different aspects. You know, you know, people might be in a job that they hate, but they don't want to quit because, oh my God, what if there's no other jobs out there? And they end up living a life where they're actually not enjoying the time they're spending when they're alive and awake, right? Because they're scared, scarcity mindset, that there might not be another opportunity. You know, and all of these kind of things can permeate through. You can think about this in as many different ways as you want. You know, people who don't want to share, people who don't want to encourage others, people who are scared of competition, you know, because they're worried that there are only so many wins in the world. Oh my God, what if somebody else takes this win? Maybe I'll never have another win, you know? And these kind of, um, these kind of ideas are a really hard thing to break, right? Yeah, I think, I think particularly because they're not conscious. Most people don't have this <laughs> awareness where they can consciously say, oh, I'm I'm using a scarcity mindset right now when I'm thinking about, you know, my lack of time or my lack of opportunity or the lack of career options out there for me. It does take a lot of work to, you know, realize and kind of, I don't know, assess yourself. Think about the way that you're thinking, really. Yeah, absolutely. But like anything as well, this is not some woo-woo uh, train of thought where you're just going to click your fingers or rub some crystals together and all of a sudden you're going to have a, a different perspective on the world. Not at all. I mean, it's like anything. You know, When you learnt to write for the very first time, you didn't you know, just go to school one day and get your pen license and then boom, you could write. You had to go, yeah, remember getting your pen license? Oh, I was great at that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it took me a while to get my pen. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so, I mean, the thing is, you go through a series of practices and trainings and you go through a process to learn how to form letters and what they mean and how they work together. The same thing goes if you want to get healthy and fit. You know, I use this analogy quite a lot that... If you want to decide you want to run a marathon and, you know, maybe if you're listening, you are a marathon runner, congratulations. But this is the same thing applies. When you started or if you want to start running a marathon and you and let's just say you've never been a runner and you're not a runner, does that mean that you just go and decide to run 42 kilometers or whatever it is and smash it out and try and do a marathon? Well, no, because what's going to happen is you're going to injure yourself, you're going to get worn out and you're going to struggle. And the same thing goes when you are shifting your mindset. You know, the same thing goes whenever you want to create any degree of real change in any part of your life. You know, you need to be considering, okay, where do I want to get to? And that could be, you know, could be creating a mindset of, of, of abundance and prosperity. How am I going to get there? And what do I need to do? And it all comes down to taking deliberate actions every single day. 100%. Yeah. Just on that as well, I think the practice piece is so important. So for me personally, um, I don't know if if any of you guys or if many of you have actually met Goose, but he's the most optimistic, most energetic person that I've ever met. And that's just all the time. <laughs> that doesn't switch off. 
It does. It's not like he stops like speaking on camera or from behind a microphone and he's a different person. This is just genuinely who he is. I have the pleasure of living with him every day, but he's also inadvertently helped me. Like I'm still practicing. So I've grown up with quite this, like the standard scarcity mindset that I'm still working through, but I'm becoming more aware of it. I'm practicing. I'm, you know, it's just that conscious. How am I thinking about what I'm thinking? Like, Why don't you talk us through some of the ways that you do practice? How do you apply this? Like, so, so let's just take a little step back because it was not that long ago that, you know, this kind of was fairly new. I mean, like you've come mm-hmm. a massively long way even in the last year. So why don't you talk about some of the ways that you've found that you can actually practice it? Going from having a scarcity mindset and living a, in a fear-based existence, mm. which is pretty fair to say, right? Yep. How do you actually practice that and apply it in your life considering you're still on the journey as well? Yes, always on the journey. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what advice can you give to other people who want to maybe, maybe start, start trying to work out how to practice? So I do a lot of reading about this, but there's a, there's a part of your subconscious that just acts in a way, it tries, to, it tries to hold you back to who, like whatever your history has held you into and it creates this person that you think that you are, but you really, you can, you can be whatever, but there's this, there's this framework, there's this machine that your subconscious is trying to keep you in. Not to get too woo-woo, but... <laughs> so I think if you can acknowledge there's times when you have a thought and you have kind of a gut reaction, but it doesn't really make rational sense. So it's like, if you have a fear about, you know, investing in something, um, whether it's, you know, property or shares or a personal development thing or some education, you have this fear about the money and the cost and you think about the cost. But if you actually rationally look at it and you think about how, that is going to return and how that's going to benefit you and how much of a better person you might be because of it, then it's really just this like deep-seated subconscious thing that's saying, hey, no, you're not that kind of person who would spend that money. You need to come back in your lane. And it's this weird thing that happens internally where it's like it tries to kind of hold you back when you can rationally go, well, that's actually going to be a good thing for me. So I try and practice this pretty frequently and I think that comes back to fear it's like if you feel this it's just an unfounded fear a fear that doesn't make sense a fear that if you if you look over the information you assess what the statistics tell you you assess what the data is telling you and you go okay well that makes sense and then you just try and lean into it that's kind of when you learn the lesson that it wasn't as bad as you thought it would be which I think particularly for us over the past year or so, whenever something's come up, it's not just about money, it's about time, it's about, you know, is, am I doing the right thing? What are people going to think of me? All this kind of stuff. That's been one of the biggest things. It's like you have these thoughts and then instead of stopping and like honoring those thoughts of fear and scarcity, you just say, well, actually don't know. I don't know yet because I haven't experienced that yet. So just leaning in and you'll find that it actually is not, anywhere near as bad as you anticipated and then you're like oh okay I tried that that worked I might give that another go next time and that's kind of that's what it means it's like the similar like exercise analogies you go for a run you're not going to run a marathon first up you might run 100 meters and then be like that was horrible (laughs) but you're like okay cool I ran that and at the start, I thought I couldn't. And then I got to the end and then I did. And then, oh, cool. Maybe next time I'll run 200 meters. And it's this layering effect. 
that it's the same with anything. It's all it's all practice. Very interesting thing that you uh, mentioned there was was operating system, mm. which is a really interesting analogy because I don't think many people consider the biomechanics of mm. their operating system. So what do I mean by that? So the consciousness is completely separated from the human physiology in reality is. I mean, certainly that's what I think. Mm -hmm. Other people may disagree and that's fine. But if you consider and if you take a, a mental perspective, now if anyone's watched any science fiction ever, it's not going to be very hard for you to kind of like cast your mind's eye and imagine. Imagine that your consciousness is in the seat driving your body as a machine and you have the mm. ability to control that in any way you want and including you are able to control the inputs and the outputs and the thoughts and the reactions that your body has. Because when you feel fear, when you feel hope, when you feel joy, when you feel sadness, that's a physiological reaction, first and foremost. So you actually have the ability within yourself, within your mental capacity to control your energetic state. You have the ability to dictate your own emotions. You have the ability to control the way you react and respond, okay? Which is why some people get so much joy out of watching horror movies and why some people get so much uh, hatred and, and, and dis uh, despondency by watching horror movies because it's about the way the, your consciousness has chosen to perceive those same physiological reactions. Make sense? So it's quite an interesting perspective. But let's get it down because the way we're talking about now, it's pretty high level. It's esoteric, you know, consciousness as an operating system and leaning into fear and, and all of this kind of stuff. But let's break it down a little bit because you and I are on this journey every single day. I mean, I, I know personally every single day that I am alive is an opportunity for me to analyze my own perspective, the way I operate, the inputs, the outputs, the energetic disparity between one day and the next. This is a huge, big science experiment for me. I am but a piece in my own science experiment. But what happens if people are just starting? What can they do? They might not be in the same level of I'm a lab rat uh, <laughs> that I'm at. So, so how do we get started? You hear it all the time. You hear about setting your goals. It really is just so important. And I think going back to that scarcity mindset, the common thread that we see with that is that people have no idea where they're going. Yeah. They're, they're focused on themselves and what they're missing out on when they're not planning where they want to go. Um, and it's that whole thing. If you can't get to point B, if you don't know what point B is. I am genuinely grateful that I get to speak to dozens of property investors every single week. It is so inspiring to me. The one thing that I find so phenomenally interesting is the amount of people that I talk to. I'm like, oh, awesome. So specifically, what is it that you're trying to achieve? And they're like, uh, oh, well, I want to buy a property that does this. Oh, I, I, I want to buy a property in Brisbane. I'm like, yeah, okay, it's pretty tactical. Like, <laughs> I'm not asking kind of what, what kind of property you want to buy. What, what is it specifically you're trying to achieve by investing in real estate? Hmm. Um, well, I, I want to buy two properties. Okay, okay, cool. Let's step back a little. What is it specifically you're trying to achieve in real estate? Why are you trying to invest? Why is this a thing for you? Oh, I want to build a big portfolio. Okay, that's not really like why. Why, 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 why? And the majority of people have no idea. Mm -hmm. They have no idea. Now, typically, interestingly enough, they're the people that are usually coming to us with problems. Oh, I've bought two properties, but I don't know what to do next. I'm stuck. I, you know, I, I'm not quite sure how to move forward. I need some help. Can you give me some help? I'm like, what are you trying to achieve? Want to build a big portfolio. What does that mean? Why? And even just the same is the, the kind of postcard platitudes of financial freedom. What does that mean? Mm. So you're saying you see a correlation generally with people that come to us that have made some mistakes in the past 
you see a correlation with them maybe not knowing where they want to go? Yeah. So what I tend to find is people who are too focused on tactics rather mm. than vision don't have any vision. And therefore, the tactics they employ don't actually amount to anything. Mm. So think about it like this. If you have had some external stimulus or input that has told you that uh, investing in property is a way to make money, wealth, all that kind of stuff, you may, you know, that might be enough to, to trigger you to go, okay, well, I guess I should probably save up money. And you can't go wrong with bricks and mortar, these kind of sayings, right? But if you don't know what your, if you don't know what your end goal is, you've got no idea if the thing that you are purchasing is the correct stepping stone to get you where you are yeah, or where you want to go. And this is, this is the big correlation. Conversely, the people that I speak to that are like, mate, awesome, um, you know, so pumped. I, I really want to invest in real estate. I love it. I love real estate. I love I want to invest in real estate. And when I say, what is it specifically you're trying to achieve? And they're like, well, what I really want to do is I've got two kids and I want to put them into a really nice school. I'd love to retire by the time I'm 38. Um, why do you want to retire? Okay, well, I really want to travel. I want to spend best best years mm. of my life with my partner. I also want to help other people. They've got this kind of clear vision. They know where they mm. want to go. And what they're looking for is a way to optimize using real estate as a tool mm. and as a vehicle to get them there, right? So rather than real estate being the destination, is the vehicle, mm. right? But in order to understand what the destination is, you need to have some clear goals. And so my question to anyone listening to this is, what are your goals? What, are you, what exactly are you trying to achieve? And if you say financial freedom, then I, I can guarantee that you are not going to achieve whatever that thing is because you have no clarity, no mm. specificity. I think as well with goals, you can have process goals as well. Like yep. a big part of this, like just those examples that you were using, People that have goals about, you know, enjoying the process. Like property can be fun. Investing can be fun. It's so fun. <laughs> but you can get caught in these setting goals for the sake of setting goals and then you set, set this arbitrary dollar amount or portfolio value amount or something that you want and then, you know, you hear about it all the time. People reach these goals that they want and then they're still not happy because they're not enjoying the process prioritizing the enjoyment of life as well while you're doing it. Don't sacrifice for the sake of sacrificing. Absolutely. And also actually understanding what it is you want and why. Mm. If someone says, oh, my goal is to make a million dollars, how is a million dollars going to make you happy? Mm. <laughs> you know, like what is, why, why? What are you going to do with a million dollars? If it's just to, if it's just so that you can fill your mattress full of notes, you're going to have a pretty uncomfortable sleep, right? It's not going to work out. So... <laughs> I think quite tactically as well, just bringing it down even to a real basic level mm -hmm. is that, you know, it's all well and good to go, okay, I want to make a million dollars and have 30 properties and stuff. But really understanding the why and then actually putting it into action every single day is the biggest thing because there is, I think, very little truth in the think about it enough and it'll happen. I think there is a massive correlation between setting your goals having a very clear vision in your mind and then taking consistent action to move towards that. I think that if from my personal experience in my life, that level of, I say in inverted commas, manifestation because I don't want to sound, you know, too, too esoteric, but it's, but it's true. If you can see it, what happens is you move progressively towards it. Your actions every day that you take will move you progressively towards your goals consistently. So consistent take action taken every single day with that vision in mind and correlated together is what's going to achieve those results much faster. I mean, I can speak from personal experience that this is true. This is dichotomized against the perspective of you can just wish everything into existence. I don't believe that that's the case. 
I believe that there is an alignment between the reticular activating system modality and action that can help you achieve pretty much anything you want. But I think the action is is the key ingredient in that uh, vision casting recipe. What do you think? I think with that, you hear a lot of contrasting you know, advice or proclamations out there about goal setting of like your Grant Cardones on one end that are like your 10x and just increase your goals and keep increasing them and, you know, set massive goals. Obviously, that involves taking massive action. But then on the flip side, you get advice of like, no, you should set small achievable goals, then you hit them and then you feel a sense of accomplishment and you feel successful. And I think what Goose is saying is like there's a middle ground there where you have the big goal you know where you want to go, but then you break it down into everyday goals and everyday actions and you reverse engineer where you want to go and just break it up into bite sizes. And you're like, okay, well, if I just do this every day, if I do this level of X every day, then that mathematically adds up to the result I want. The thing is as well, it's like if you have a very clear picture of who you want to be in mm. say the next 25 years, I mean, I won't lie, I've got a vision board and I've got a picture of a topless Hugh Jackman on there. <laughs> he does. Just when he, was, uh, <laughs> when he was in like Wolverine mode and I'm like, I'm going to be like topless Hugh Jackman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> going to throw away all your shirts. Now, funnily enough, the reality is when I think about, okay, who I want to be, I'm like, that's what inspires me to, okay, I want to be fit and healthy. I'm like, okay, cool. How am I going to achieve that? Consistent actions daily. I'm not going to go to the gym once and achieve that goal. But herein lies the other part. You know, setting your vision and setting your goals and working out where you want to be is massive. And the more detail that you can get with that, the more accurate you're going to be. It's Mm -hmm. like if you're trying to shoot an arrow at a target, the more clarity you have over the exact pathway that that arrow is going to take to get to that bullseye, the more likely it is going to be that you're going to hit it or get very close, right? Mm -hmm. So the same thing applies with your life. And then taking action, taking massive levels of action. Now, when I say taking massive levels of action, I don't mean burning yourself out. I mean taking massive levels of consistent action with a view to every action you take. Is this moving me towards my vision and my goals? And let me tell you, if your vision is not strong enough, you're going to fall off pretty soon. But... Taking action without stepping outside of your comfort zone is a pretty moot point, right? Because you're basically mm. just going to be doing the same actions over and over again with no progression and no movement. Yep. Comfort zone, you challenge me on this again quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's kind of like deliberately trying to challenge yourself to do things that make you uncomfortable every day. Uncomfortably in terms of like challenging who you are. Again, that mindset of I feel like I shouldn't do this, but questioning like is it actually – challenging me am i uncomfortable because you know i feel like i'm in danger no okay well why am i uncomfortable i don't know and then kind of leaning into that there's an absolute truism that i live my life by you will never find growth and you will never find prosperity if you stay inside your comfort zone and in fact to the degree that you can push yourself outside of your comfort zone is the degree to which you will find success in your life right so think about it the further and further you go outside of your comfort zone, the more and more growth you have, the more and more perspective you have, the more and more opportunity you have, the more and more you're going to be inspiring change in your life. So then if you can kind of understand that and go, okay, well, the further I can go outside of my comfort zone, the more I'm going to grow and the more I'm going to expose myself to opportunity. It stands to reason that fear is the key indicator that you're stepping outside your comfort zone. So if you can start to position your mind frame and your mindset around fear being a good thing because fear is a key indicator that you're doing the right thing to grow. Mm, it's a requirement of 
success. Yeah, exactly right. Anyone who's got these kind of misplaced visions that all they need to do is go out and do one massive activity and and they're going to quickly change or they'll go do one Tony Robbins course and boom, they're suddenly going to become a millionaire or, you know, or they're going to um, create a vision board and stick it on the wall and, and not do anything else or, you know, they get scared once because they're going to do some public speaking and therefore they, you know, all of a sudden they're I'm not a speaker. Yeah, yeah. All of this kind of stuff. Don't expect success overnight. You know, you've got to be patient. And this is where vision comes in. Let's say you're saving for an overseas trip. You've got all these pictures of Italy and Rome and the Colosseum and all of this kind of stuff. And you're like, oh my God, I can't wait to be there. And you can imagine yourself on the streets of Venice or you know, driving down the Amalfi Coast. You're going to be hanging on to that day in and day out when you're working double shifts and you're scrounging and saving your money and your vision is strong. Your vision is strong because you can see it and feel it and feel it emotionally. If your vision is strong enough, the actions you take today will become insignificant and you'll move towards your goals faster, right? But you need to be patient. I agree. Wonderful. Awesome. <laughs> and again, as Gabby said, it's all about enjoying the process. But Gabby, let me ask you a question. I would like to know, what are your biggest wins for the week? What elements of positivity have you experienced in your life that you can share with other people? Uh, well, on a personal level, I am trying to swim in the ocean twice a day, which I have been doing this week. Sounds rough. Yeah, it sounds terrible. So we live three minutes from Bondi Beach. It is incredible. There's a lot of research out there about, you know, changing your environment to help change your state. And we've both known for a while that the beach is a place where we just are our best selves, basically. So, you know, go for a run every day, swim in the ocean with the sunrise. It's just awful. And then try and duck down there when it's hot at lunch. Been doing that. That's been good. From a tactical perspective, I mean, I think... Like in our business, I think we've had four offers accepted this week for our clients, which is amazing. Boom. Boom, yeah. Um, it's just awesome to help people get to this point where, you know, everyone's excited. Like we found we found this bloody gem that they wouldn't have been able to find themselves. It's an awesome feeling. Bringing change, bringing change. So just on the, um, just on the whole Bondi thing and looping that back to visions and goals, I was only about eight months ago where I was setting my goals. I write my goals down every single day. And I was, it was in my like 20-year goals or something like that. My 20-year vision was that I wanted to be able to live somewhere with Gabby and be walking distance to the beach so I could go to the beach every day. Eight months later, by consistently focusing on that vision, hmm. we're actually doing that. Right now, if someone was to give me $10 million, I literally wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't go buy a new shirt. I wouldn't go buy a new car. I would not move house. I would not change anything. I would just think about the impact I could have. So that's just an, uh, um, an affirmation that you actually can achieve these things a lot quicker with a lot more consistency if you know what you're looking for. My biggest wins for the week? Yeah, how about you? I think for me, this podcast is probably the biggest one of the biggest wins for this week. And yeah. also, you know, there's been a lot of inspirational wins for me on a personal front because I'm writing a book and that's mm. all moving forward. We've got the podcast, that's all moving forward. We are doing a, a really powerful webinar shortly as well. And for me, the thing that inspires me the most and the thing that gives me the most energy is creating and sharing and inspiring other people. You know, I love the journey that we're on with our clients. I think about that every day and that's what gives me a lot of joy because I, lo I love the journey that we're walking with them on. Yep. But this week, I think the biggest, biggest win for me is to feel like a lot of ideas that I've had recently um, about how we can share message and inspire and help other people and bring change, they're all starting to come to fruition and I'm super pumped about that. What book are you reading at the moment, Gabby? 
Currently, I am reading Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Maltz. Hence, I got a bit esoteric earlier about operating <laughs> your body as an operating system. It's an amazing book. I've had it recommended by a lot of different, a lot of different connections from a lot of different, you know, kind of people um, over the last six months or so. So I thought I'd dive in. It's it's pretty it's pretty mind blowing. Again, it's that the concept of our body is a machine and that acts subconsciously, and we but we're our mind and our conscious is you know the driver. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to read about. How about you, Goose? Awesome. Mine's actually on a full business front. I've got a secret passion for sales copywriting. Yes, you do. I've got a secret passion for sales copywriting. I love it. I love the, <laughs> I love the flow. If I, can't the fi- if I can't find Goose, he's usually in a dark corner with like Gary Halbert You're letters. reading the Gary Halbert letters <laughs> or something like that. I've got, I just, uh, there's something about, there's something about, I, I've always been big on, um, uh, literature, writing, communication, in case you can't tell by the way I talk and the energy I put behind communication. I love it. So I've actually been reading, it's a very short book, but it's very good. It's called The 16-Word Sales Letter. It is just an amazing analysis on how to craft a message, how to craft a message in a way that you can communicate your ideas in a way that's relevant to the people that you want to speak to, to inspire change. I think it's fantastic and I love it. Yep. So... If you have enjoyed this and you want to connect more and if you want to become a deeper and more connected member of our community, then you can go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash The Investor Lab. That's www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash The Investor Lab. Join us there. We're building an online community of like-minded people who are seeking choice and abundance in uh, using real estate, business, entrepreneurship, life, everything. And we'd love to see you there. Gabby, have you got anything to add before I wrap it up with a quote for the week? Yeah, just go and find the group, guys. We're, we're in there every day. We're, there. We're, we're posting, you know, we're asking questions. People are asking each other questions. You know, this is it. We're lucky that we've got this kind of platform that we can, you know, build a community and actually kind of craft the kind of... So sick. I guess like a friendship circle that people would have in real life, but <laughs> have it in a digital platform and you can connect with anyone in Australia or around the world. Yes, yeah, so just jump on. Change ask, your environment, change your state. Yeah. If you if the Good community the community you surround yourself with <laughs> is the community that you're going to grow within. So I encourage you to join that community and to subscribe to this podcast. If this has been of any benefit to you, if you have enjoyed the ramblings of myself and Gabby, the wafflings ons, then please share this. <laughs> please um please help us spread our message of connectivity to other people as well. Okay, awesome. I just want to wrap it up with a quote. So Nelson Mandela once said, there is no passion to be found playing small in settling for a life that is less than the one you're capable of living. 